0: In school, they call it mental real estate. Trying to make sure that your company is always at the forefront of people's thought process.
1: Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte.
2: Welcome back to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte with Hook SEO, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. hi, Matt. Hello. And today we have three guests, and they are awesome. So we've got Josh Tompkins from Dick's Auto Group. Hi there. And we've got Adam Michaud from New World Industry. Hello. And Michelle DeLude from Destinations Hypnosis. Hi. So if we start clucking or randomly barking at people, it's her fault. Um, I'm just going to preface this whole episode with that. Uh, we'll <laughs> see what happens. So today we're going to talk about... Priming your customers and using a customer avatar. A lot of people aren't going to know what that means. So we're going to go to Matt so he can explain it a little bit and then we're going to discuss it.
3: Absolutely. And I want to say, make sure you listen all the way to the end because we're going to have something really cool at the end that we want to talk about. But the first thing we're going to talk about is priming your customer. And priming your customers, getting people ready for taking action. It could be for sales. It could be for marketing. It depends what it is that you're trying to accomplish. But... There are subconscious and psychological cues that people get all the time, constantly, every day. And we'll talk about that a little more. But one of those cues might be like telling someone to listen to the end of your podcast so that, you know, they're psychologically they they picked up on that and then they they will be more likely to finish listening to the whole thing than if I had not said that, right? So, um, but speaking about that, Michelle and I actually did a presentation yesterday at Hill Hubs, uh, one of the newest co-working spaces here in Hillsborough, and we were talking about that, and Michelle's presentation was about priming your customer. So uh, I think probably the best way to start is going to be to say, Michelle, what do you think some examples are of priming your customer?
4: Well, setting up expectations is one part of priming customers and one of the ways you do that is by making sure the environment is an environment that's going to create those expectations New seasons, whole foods, they have flowers as soon as you walk into the entrance. So they're ex- they're creating this expectation of freshness, of beauty, of welcome, and that is designed to pull you into the store with that attitude so that everything you see after that is going to fall into that frame.
2: So wait, that's just not happenstance? They, they do that on purpose?
4: It's sad, isn't it? Oh my goodness. It's Everything's a
3: lie. It's like the grocery stores, and I'm not positive that they do or do not still do this, but I know in the late 90s, early 2000s, they were pumping in a bread smell of like the smell of baked bread because the bakery is usually done baking by like six or seven in the morning. So if you're there at seven o'clock at night and you smell bread being baked, there's no bread being baked, right? But that smell makes people want to buy more. Just like when you go to, and I don't know if all the Safeways are like this, but when the water comes on to spray on the vegetables, they have like thunder and rain sound that plays first. And it gives you the impression, you know, if you're just walking around the store of actual environmental happenings rather than just water spraying on your vegetables. And as a side note about this, I was talking about it and I was like, yeah, and they spray the vegetables with all the water because it makes them heavier, right? And you pay by the pound. So, you know, now it costs more and they make more money. And somebody I was talking to, they were like, is that why they spray the water on the vegetables? And I was like, well, it's sort of to keep them fresh, but really it's to make them weigh more so that it costs more. And that one, two percent adds up when your grocery store only has five percent margin across the board.
4: And it would have to because that extra water also makes them decompose faster. Right. One of the things that I found really interesting as I was doing a little bit more reading on the subject was some of the stuff makes sense. Like a wine store, when they play German music, they sell more German wine. When they play French music, they sell more French wine. That kind of makes sense. But things like a store selling Nike shoes, when they make the department smell have a nice floral scent. They can sell the shoes for $10 more and they make more sales, they they sell more frequently. So why would a floral scent and shoes have anything to do with one another? But these are the kinds of things that happen that we're completely unaware of, we're not looking for them. And because it doesn't really make sense, we don't make those connections and we just fall right into the planned path. And that,
3: in some cases, it could be used as like a trap, right? I'm I'm using all of these psychological cues to get people to take some action they may not necessarily want to take, which is not what you want to be doing. What you want to be doing is saying, I want to be aware of all these cues because I could be doing things that are stopping someone from taking the action that I want them to take as long as I'm selling something that's actually improving their life or causing the change that they want to have happen. You don't want to use it nefariously, even though I'm sure it happens all the time. You know, you want to be priming people to be on a path that they've already started that they want to accomplish. And let's face it, most people don't like change. And even if it's something that they want to do, they will find a way to make an excuse or to stop, get off the path of where they need to get to. So, it can be helpful to just do these little things to help walk them down the path so that they can cross the goal line.
4: I think anything you can do to shorten the path will definitely ease the difficulty of a consumer making a decision, is a good thing. I remember buying my first computer and how helpful it was to be surrounded by people who built them. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
3: You don't see that anymore. Yeah. Not yeah. so much. You go into the Apple store, none of them have ever built an iPhone. I'm just telling
4: you. <laughs>
2: that's, that's unacceptable. I'm taking my business <laughs> yeah, That's
3: right.
5: I always assumed it was a Santa's elves type of situation at an iPhone yeah. store. They're not in the back doing that? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're in the back, Guys stamping like, out iPhones. I gotta go.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> that's why it takes them so long in the back, right? They have to order it, and yeah. it has to be made right then on the spot. Right.
3: <laughs> so Apple, now that we're kind of randomly on that topic, is absolutely masterful in the design aspects of how they do this all of the marketing and and the packaging and everything with apple is to tell you that you are creative and you're going to create wonderful things with this device or this laptop or this phone or whatever it is it's the feeling that it's well designed it's minimalist you open the white box that just has the little apple logo and it's got another nice other white flat package that just has the phone and you take that out and there's another blank white space that only contains the headphones and the cord nicely bundled up at the bottom. And all of these design elements matter.
2: Well, that's kind of how Apple built their brand though too. They, right. they went on user experience first and that's what they tried to focus on. And then they're like, okay, now we've got to back it up and let's do that. So that's where the marketing and stuff comes in. But priming your customers is something we all do in our businesses and we all do it a little bit differently. So Michelle, how do you prime your
4: customers? I prime my customers by building more and more videos so that they can meet me before they meet me. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people have misconceptions about hypnosis, about what a hypnotist looks like and sounds like and what to expect. Mm -hmm. So I'm building a lot of opportunities for people to get comfortable with me so that as soon as I sit down my chair, a lot of the things that people bring to the table are gone. They're not afraid they're going to cluck like a chicken or bark like a dog, unless they think that's going to help. Um,
3: (laughs) You don't wear a cape.
4: I don't wear a cape. I don't swing a pendulum. I don't put them to sleep. A lot of people talk about hypnosis as I'm going to be going under. And so I can dispel a lot of those myths on the website through video and through networking, which is some, one of the things that I do a lot of. So that's one way I prime my customers is just by letting them have these conversations virtually without actually having to come in, which is nice to be able to do in this day and age.
0: Nice. Adam, what's
3: a way that you do it?
2: It all
0: depends on the route that I'm coming at them
3: let why don't we talk about a specific industry so let's talk about like real estate photography and video
0: uh i'd say the big one in that is just seeing the work and i I've, I've been surprised like i can talk to somebody all day about something and and it is a very visual aspect and so i've learned when i'm going into a new situation it's like i'm just going to bring my ipad because that works the best because i tried my phone And that's hard because it's a small screen. It doesn't matter how good the photo is, but seeing something on the size of an iPad, that really makes a difference. And I've noticed that if I just start with that ahead of time and just show them what I've done in the past, all of a sudden right there, they're so open to hear what I have to say. And then they're just like, well, you're probably too expensive. And then when I tell them, well, it would be this much to do this. And then all of a sudden they're like, really? And this is what you're delivering. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. and I'll give it to you in about 24 hours.
3: You are kind of priming them also because as soon as you're walking in with a device and you're like, I can show you what I do right here, you don't have to pay me first and hope it works out. That is a form of priming and, and it's a process that you can do repeatedly for your business, right?
0: Correct. And it's one of the things about the creative realm that's different than any other type of job, even looking for jobs as a creative. There's no like send them a resume and then going for this hour long interview. And and when I was in college and we had to actually do like our informational interviews where we had to book time with these art director for some of the big agencies in the area it was actually kind of shocking and a little frightening and frustrating where you hand their portfolio and they're not sitting there doing like a normal interview where they flip through one thing talk to you about it and then you know listen to what you have to say and then 10 minutes later you're going to the next one they just like flick hmm? flick oh that's not too flick yeah yeah. Flick. And then they're like, well, thank you for showing up. Uh, anything else you want to add? And then you're just like, what? <laughs> okay. Bye. Yeah. So it's a, it's a whole different way of getting across. But when you understand that these people have been in that industry for 15, 20 years, they've seen everything, they've done everything, they're right in the epitome of everything that's going on in the spearhead of that industry. And so all they got to do is look at your work and they already know what you can do and what you're capable of just by seeing that. And so that's what's frightening and frustrating about that versus like sitting in a normal interview and having to kind of navigate the questions. And so going back to the topic, that's, you know, kind of the the good way for me to just prime somebody very quickly, just show them here, here's what I do. And it takes a few seconds just to flip through a few photos and just watch their eyes go, wow. wow. It's pretty
3: easy. I mean, when you look at I mean, your work obviously speaks for itself. And I mean, people can go look at it and we'll put it in the show notes. But like the other day, we do Facebook advertising, right? I'm on Facebook like all day, right? And I probably have more access to more realtors on Facebook and other mediums than almost anyone, right? Because we have multiple customers who sell things to realtors. Then we also have customers who are realtors or brokerages. So I see what they're posting. And let me tell you, I saw one the other day that was just... Fantastic in a bad way. So <laughs> you couldn't really see the front of the house very well because it was so backlit. The sky was basically blank and the, the lawn, like the grass was basically missing. It looked like they had a dirt yard, you know, and which they probably do based on that crabby cell phone picture. And <laughs> it was shot vertically for starters. And like it just everything about the photograph was wrong. And the house was four hundred thousand dollars. Oh Jesus! So, you know, if you're a good listing agent, right? What do you get? Five, six percent for listing that house, and you know, if you do some math, you know, five is twenty thousand dollars, and you got a cell phone photo for the. I mean, it's just horrible, right? We already
2: talked about this. I have an iPhone. I'm a creative. Thank you very much.
3: That's right. (laughs) A creative because you have an iPhone. So. Yeah, but then when you look at a professional photograph with a professional camera, professional lighting, professional equipment, the sky has been photoshopped replaced in the background with something nicer and the, you know, maybe you have multiple shots that are put together to get rid of the shadows and all these things are done and the grass is touched up and the house is touched up. It looks wonderful and before the person goes to see the house, they're like this house is amazing. Or The dirt yard of this house that I can't even see from the shadows and and like I can't even tell what the front of it looks like. The siding's falling off because it's so backlit. You're not going to go see it. You're like, this house is a piece of crap. I'm not paying $400,000 for that house.
0: Yeah, they're already going into that situation. They're already turning the wheels on how to negotiate this piece of junk lower. Right. They've been they
5: Purely primed.
0: This is anti-marketing at its
5: best. It, it yes. is. So
0: that's that's a good good
2: segue, right? So how do you prime? You, you have a term for it, anti-marketing, right? So how do you prime your customers? And this is Josh. Yeah,
5: so <clears throat> I'm in the auto industry, and times they are a change in how yeah. people are buying cars. But by and large, a, a car dealership will try to prime their customer with... No bowl, or when you're here, your family,
2: that's rock all. Rock bottom but prices. Rock bottom prices. No yeah, sales manager.
5: No, Exactly. No hassle, that kind of stuff, which people don't believe anymore. If they ever did, I mean, I, I guess it must have worked before, but we actually have a really cool advantage at Dick's Auto Group in that we prime people by being visible in the community and being nice first and foremost. Right. It's Buying, weird
3: that being nice to people makes them want to do business with
5: you. I, You know, and it took a lot of research right. to figure it out decades um, of so, decades so yeah
2: and Dick's does it really well too and not just you I use the service department at Dick's Ford before I use the one that's closer to my house yeah. because of the service that I get yeah. from Leanne specifically True. right she's amazing and it's not just her it's the entire service department Yeah, and everybody in that dealership they all say hi they ask you how you're doing you know mm-hmm. smiles all of it so sorry it is a, off, but yeah. and, that,
5: and it's a focus and it's talked about in staff meetings and in Uh, all-store meetings that we are a certain thing, we are community-based, we want people to know people, and we want to build relationships, and it's kind of like perpetuates itself. But I will say as far as priming the customer, Scott Inukai, one of our owners, said to me maybe three weeks ago when we're in the process of, we've just hired a social media marketing professional in-house, shout out to young and powerful Josh Brody. We only hired Josh as a Dick's Auto Group. It's a foolproof hiring strategy we found, so. <laughs> Everybody uh, knows your name at that, right? That's, that's, it's that's to right. talk to Josh, We make no it problem. easy. But as Scott said during the process, we don't want to be blockbuster which we right. all know what Blockbuster is. <laughs> and I just listened to one of your episodes recently That's where you're right. talking about Kodak and digital film, and they just resisted and found themselves where they yeah, were. If so you
3: don't change, you're going to get disrupted. And it goes from...
5: Yeah, it, adapt or die or evolve or Catalan die. had the it same thing, too. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah, but the thing that we're... And I'll make this brief... What we're trying to get ahead of is nobody, if you look at the best performing auto dealership or auto group in our region, their social media presence or their alternative media presence is very small because nobody's focusing, maybe they're outsourcing and just fine with what they get. Um, But we're taking the opportunity to enhance our community profile, which we already have, and dig deep into like, people know people at Dick's Auto Group and that's how we do business. And we wanna lock down this whole west side of the Portland Metro area. And this is where we are, come see us. And we're gonna do it in, you know, new media sort of uh, Instagram, Facebook, social media forward ways, which is exciting. The auto industry can feel like it's stuck in, you know, the seventies in a lot yeah. of ways that we do advertising and set our customers up for the experience. But we're trying to get out ahead of it. Right. So I'm really excited about you it.
3: You go to the car lot these days, it still seems like it's Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross always be yeah. closing brass balls horseshit, right? There's still a like, lot of it. What is going on? Like did I just step into the seventies, right?
5: There's still and a lot of it. it some and...
3: places you don't get that, right? And, and I mean like you guys are talking about This is moving forward, being community focused, being people focused.
5: And the blessing of young and dynamic ownership. That's right. Wanting to be ahead of the curve and realizing that you have to be.
3: And I mean, honestly, age is not necessarily a factor of making that kind of decision. It's just being able to see the tide shifting and being able to steer the boat and having an organization that's nimble enough that you can still steer it without being stuck in an old culture that is so difficult to change. That by the time you see the change coming, you're already out of business.
2: Taxi cabs. Yes.
3: Blockbuster. Taxi cabs. Hey. Blockbuster v. Blockbuster.
2: Blockbuster is still alive.
3: I don't think that's true.
2: Maybe. I think it is recently closed. Has it really? Yeah, and the last one, yeah. You're killed. There
3: is some in other countries.
2: Well, there goes my childhood. <laughs> Next, you're going to say that Little Caesars is going to go out of business. Oh, no, Jeremy. I'm just saying. So look
3: at look at someone like Netflix, right? Everybody knows Netflix. You go on and, and you just watch the show that you want to watch, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the percentage is, but it's something like 30% of Netflix customers are still getting mailed DVDs,
2: mm-hmm. right? Yep.
3: That has not gone away. Just because you don't necessarily use it where you are doesn't mean that other people are not still using that service where they are and eventually as there is a bigger proliferation of cheap fast internet that's going to change also but a lot of industries are changing really quickly and if you're not taking advantage of things like priming your customers and knowing your customer and being involved in the community and doing networking and all these things then it's gonna be sales are down a few percent and then they're down 5% the next year and maybe 10 or 12% the next year. And you're like, we need to do something and then you're broke because it just completely drops off. And look at anywhere that Uber moved to town, right? Mm -hmm. You don't wanna be the tax company when Uber moves to town. That's just- Truth. It's the way it goes, right? So talking about priming, Michelle, you had some great examples. So why don't we talk about a couple more of those?
4: Well, as Josh was talking, I was thinking about some of the real estate people who show these happy people in their first new homes. And I was thinking about the before and after pictures of people in weight loss commercials and thinking about how great would it be to have a, well, you drive this onto the lot, but a happy person driving away. I mean, the last time I bought a car from a lot, I was in tears when I left, I cried. So other ways to prime are With visuals, as Adam was talking about, the thing about visuals is that the brain is able to process images in milliseconds. It's like 75 frames a second. And we read much, much slower. And we think consciously much, much slower. Consciously, we're only able to process seven plus or minus two bits of information per instant. And subconsciously, we're able to process 4.2 million bits of information per instant. So, visually, temperature boy, we're a warm culture. So by creating a nice warm environment, people are going to be more relaxed. There's a, there's studies that say when you meet somebody and you're holding a warm cup of coffee or a hot cup of coffee in your hand, you're more positive to the people you meet than if you're holding a cold drink in your All hand. All right.
3: Oh, That's wow. a one. Yeah. I like that.
4: And there are so many things like that that are operating, hey, do you it's like my me? cold, cold water over here? <laughs> and I have cold, and I'm cold, cold water over here like, too.
0: My, my ice drink. No, I am being oh. glared at. Uh, or you could be like, Sheldon, uh, you, you need a, a hot beverage. Uh, hot no, it's non negotiable. <laughs> there was.
3: Uh... <laughs> I know, and, and I don't know if this is still a thing that happens, but I know that a lot of restaurants, like fast food chain restaurants and stuff in the 80s and 90s, they would keep their restaurants cold during the highest peak hours because they'd turn over the tables faster because people would leave because it was cold. So are you priming them for a good experience, or are you priming them to get the F out of your restaurant? So right. color,
2: the, the whole color theory, right? Why do fast food restaurants use red and yellow? Tell me a fast food restaurant that doesn't have red or yellow. I will be surprised.
3: What well, is two of the primary colors, though? So.
2: But they're also <laughs> mentally made to make you want to leave faster. You don't want to stick around, necessarily. Can I, can I
5: do a straw poll? Straws. I like straws. Quick straw poll. Who here, by show of hands, is perfect podcast. <laughs> not, uh, this visual medium. Who was a smarty pants once upon a time who thought advertising didn't work on me? I was definitely one. Pretty yeah. much everybody, I yeah. think. I you would think, would say advertising like, doesn't why work. why do you do billboards? But when you realize, it, it helps you, I guess, as business owners, to realize that yes, it does, it's just flowers in the front of the Trader Joe's, which I never thought of, but I love going into Trader Joe's because it's flowers and wine and all that sort of fun stuff. Right. But when you realize that it does work on you and that appearance matters, Mm-hmm. messaging matters that quick little flip on an instagram page matters we talk about processing things quickly it will make you better i think yeah. it leads you well, to something smarter I
0: decisions. In, in school they call it mental real estate trying to make sure that your company is always at the forefront of people's thought process yeah. mm-hmm. so when they're looking for cool. a certain product that association always goes with yours nike is one of those good examples look at most of their ads are they selling anything most of the time they're just reminding you hey they're there
1: This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcock. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us
2: next week when we talk to Jane Crawford and Michelle DeLude about how to build an offline community.